the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David because called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was betrothed and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom God favors. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now and to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Back in December, just before Christmas, 1927, a United States submarine suddenly sank off the coast of New England, near Cape Cod. A rescue operation was led and they discovered the disabled vessel at the bottom of the sea with six survivors trapped in the forward torpedo compartment. When the divers approached the submarine, they heard a tapping sound coming from the hull of the vessel. It was Morse code. Using the last of their remaining oxygen, the six men inside were sending a message. Is there any hope? The answer came, there is hope. Is there any hope? That is the question 
that has been tapped out from the depths of human hearts since the beginning of time. It's the question asked so many ways over the last year as we have faced glaring injustices and protests and riots and economic hardships and a global pandemic, and in the midst of all of that, our own personal struggles. Is there any hope? It's the cry of God's people in prayers throughout scripture. And the answer always comes, there is hope. A savior is coming. The prophets described that hope with vivid images of the Messiah who would come with an army of angels in a chariot of fire, of a Messiah who would vanquish the enemies in a final battle. They imagined God coming from the sky with lightning, a voice that would shake the earth and make all humanity tremble. They imagined a king seated on a golden throne studded with precious jewels in a palace in Jerusalem, the holy city shining with the glory of the Lord. But no one, no one imagined a baby. No one imagined a baby wrapped in cloth, tucked in straw, in a manger, completely dependent upon two inexperienced human parents for everything. The baby nestled in that manger, making sweet sounds as he sucks on one little tiny wee fist, isn't just somebody sent by God. The baby curled there in the manger is God. God made flesh, vulnerable, dependent. And no one saw this coming. No one. There was no flash of lightning. There was no thunder, no earthquake, no whirlwind, no flaming chariot, just the bleat of sheep, the lowing of a cow, a wee baby's first cry. Because it was so completely unexpected, nearly everybody missed it. Everybody. The emperor missed it. The governor missed it. The priests at the temple missed it. All those people gathered in Jerusalem to be counted in the census missed it. Now sure, Mary pondered. And Joseph marveled and passed around those uh, candy bars and blue wrappers or whatever it is that new dads passed around back then. And the relatives whose manger they were using surely made a fuss over all of them. But no one really thought that this tiny wee baby, this newborn precious creature would one day be called Emmanuel, God with us. So God sent a holy messenger. That's what God does. And the angel of the Lord does what the angels always do. She brings sacred news to clueless people. In unexpected places, in unexpected ways, 
The angel doesn't show up on Mount Zion in Jerusalem and proclaim Jesus' birth from the pinnacle of the temple. Nope. And the angel doesn't come calling at the governor's palace with some regal proclamation of a royal birth. No, the angel appears to some shepherds who were living way out in a field outside of town, keeping watch over their sheep by night. God has done a wondrous thing, the angel says. And this most sacred event is tucked away in the least likely person, a baby, in the most ordinary place, a manger, a manger, a feed trough in a stable in the lower level of a peasant's home. And the shepherds, having not been prepared for this and having no real experience with it and not being expected to, fall to the ground in absolute terror. And then suddenly the heavens open and a multitude of the heavenly host appear singing glory to God in the highest and peace to those whom God favors. To their credit, the shepherds go to Bethlehem. They find the child lying there in the manger, just as the angel had told them. And they tell all in the house everything that has been told to them about this child. But nobody really understood. Not really. I still think we struggle sometimes to understand, to grasp what a gift it is, what grace that God comes to us, that God fills the gap. I saw that at work one day. I remember looking at my grandmother's wallet. I had taken it out of her purse and was fiddling around with it, and it popped open, and it unfurled. It had those a chain of those little picture holders, and they flowed and unfurled all the way down and rolled out across the floor. And every one of those little picture holders contained some sort of a card for some club or organization that she belonged to, officer of this, vice president of that, things like, I don't know, the hospital auxiliary and the women's auxiliary for disabled American veterans and the Eastern Star. And it just went on and on and on. I couldn't even tell you what all else was in that billfold. I know she spent every single waking moment of her life trying to do good for other people. I know every year I would watch her make hundreds of little Easter baskets or little Christmas baskets that she would deliver in person to patients in the hospital wards. I know she visited people with leprosy, they didn't call it that, in the only leprosarium in the United States, which was outside of Baton Rouge one of the few people who would brave that place. I know she took in refugees, but she invited the foreign students from, um, from Vietnam and from Cambodia home to her house on Sundays for dinner. I know she taught Sunday school and went to church every time the doors were open, and yet in her mind it was never enough. And just before she died, she said she was afraid that God would find her lacking, that somehow her faith would not be enough, that somehow she would not have done enough. But she was forgetting. It's really tempting to forget. It's easy to forget that God doesn't come in a chariot of fire. God doesn't come as a king on a golden throne 
or as a righteous and merciless judge. God comes as love. God comes as love, made flesh, becomes one of us and dwells among us, with us, a miracle of grace hidden in the most unlikely place. A newborn baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, a child who grows into a man who reaches out to touch our wounds with healing, a child who grows into a man who feeds his, our hunger with his own life, disguised in bread and wine, a man who welcomes all, forgives all, redeems all. The greatest gift that God ever gave. So whether we find ourselves in a sub on the bottom of the ocean or on the highest mountaintop, whether we're in a pandemic or just in a world that at times seems to have gone totally mad. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. Our Savior comes, Emmanuel. God is here. Shine. It is the night of our descent. 